listeners of the voice of the Cape, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All praise and thanks is due to Allah, our Creator, our Sustainer, Master of the Day of Judgment. We send salutations on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his companions, his family, and his friends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, Say, you, O Muhammad, this is my way. I invite unto Allah on evidence clear as the seeing with one's eyes. I and whoever follow me, glory be to Allah, and I am not of the mushrikeen. So, Muslimin, before I uh, continue, um, we are awaiting for Sheikh Ihsan Talib, who was uh, asked to, to deliver khutbah today. So, when he is stuck in traffic, and as soon as he arrives, inshallah, then he will take over from me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, uh, in the Surah Yusuf, ayah number 108, you know, speaks about da'wah in essence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about three characteristics of da'wah in Islam. That firstly, that it is based on clear evidence, as clear as seeing with the eyes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. The practice of the Prophet the Holy Quran, it is absolutely clear in terms of its evidence and the message of Islam. So number one, the characteristics of da'wah in Islam is that it is clear. Secondly, says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that it is not only restricted with the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but includes all those who follow him. So it in fact included the Khulafai Rashidun who followed him. It includes the pious predecessors who followed them. And it includes until the day of Qiyamah, all those who follow the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are responsible for the da'wah of Islam, of conveying the message of Islam until the day of Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah Araf, وَمِمَنْ خَلَقَنَا أُمَّةٌ يَهْدُونَ بِالْخَقِّ وَبِهِ يَعْدِلُونَ Of those we have created are people who guide others with truth and establishes justice with it. Ibn Abbas explains regarding this verse of the Holy Quran that it is referring to the Ummah of Muhammad starting with the Sahaba until the day of Qiyamah. So from them and from the ulama, the, the, the message of Islam is conveyed and explained to humanity. So the message of Islam is conveyed also by the followers of Muhammad And then Allah ends, وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Third aspect of this da'wah, that always fights shirk. Anything that is associated with worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is condemned. Islam is very clear in terms of its message, and its message is based 
on Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the foundation of Islam. Islam fights idolatry in all its forms. Throughout all periods of history, Islam has fought against shirk. In the days of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the shirk took, shirk took the form of stone idols. Today in the age of materialism and secularism, idolatry takes the form of different aspects and different things, of wealth, of status, of philosophies, of personalities, all these aspects. Wherever they are, if they violate the sovereignty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Islam is opposed to it. The month of Muharram, according to hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu it is one of the sacred months of the Islamic year, like the preceding month of Dhul Hajj. Sayyidina Umar Radlaan established the start of the Islamic calendar, year number one, to be the year of the Hijrah of the Prophet to the city of Medina. And it is from Medina that da'wah started, from where the message of Islam was spread, where tribal leaders came to pledge their allegiance to the Prophet. So da'wah started in Medina with the Prophet after the Hijrah. As soon as the Nabi arrived in Medina, he began with the transformation of that city in every aspect. So the Hijrah is much more than a change of address, so to speak, from Makkah to Medina. It's far more than that. As soon as the Prophet arrived there, started the transformation, he built the Masajid. The first mosque was built. So the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must start. That is the starting point of Islam and of all da'wah. To inform others, to teach others about Islam, and to answer their questions that whatever they might have. And then he established strong brotherly relations between the people who emigrated from Makkah, the Muhajirun, and the residents of Medina, the Ansar. To establish good relations between Muslims, instead of relations which were in conflict constantly. So the relationship is based on belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not on tribalism. These tribes had been in conflict for many decades before, until the Prophet brought them to Islam and brought them the message of Tawheed, of the sovereignty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it means that da'wah cannot really take place in an environment where secularism, where sectarianism is rife where groups are in conflict with each other constantly. Da'wah cannot take place in such an environment. Hence, the important first step of establishing positive, strong relationships between the various groups that lived in Medina and those who came from Makkah. Regarding the broader community in Medina, the Prophet ﷺ established good relationships with the communities living in Medina. There was a large Jewish community also living in Medina at the time. There were many other Arab tribes who had not accepted Islam, also living in Medina. The Prophet ﷺ prepared a mithaq, a covenant, a constitution, so that relationship between these various communities could be put on a positive footing to establish a foundation for the community in Medina. So those are the first three things that he did in Medina before and as part of da'wah in Islam. Number one, to establish the masjid, the center of learning and community. 
Number two, to establish brotherly relationship between the communities of Islam. And thirdly, to go further even, to establish a, a constitution to deal with other communities who had not yet accepted Islam. So, I'm now going to hand over to our Honorable Sheikh, Sheikh Hassan Talib, um, the fellow Sheikh. We're coming to you live from the Masjid in Constantia, Masjid Mahmoud. We've been listening to the resident Imam, Imam Mahirin Sadin. Now we'll hand over to Sheikh Ihsan Talib, and uh, Sheikh will continue with the khutbah, inshallah. Stay tuned for that. And then thereafter, we will have the Arabic khutbah and the salah, inshallah. 91.3 FM0 from Masjid Mahmoud. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. In uh, continuing with the Imams, Referencing the occurrence of the Hijrah, the occurrence of Islam, and the relevance of Da'wah, and the relevance of the formation of the Islamic society, the society of Medina of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And indeed, its foundational blocks are those of Tawheed, foundational blocks of society in Islam, considered to be. Iqamatul Adal Wal Haq, the establishment of Tawheed, the truth and justice. This is the inevitable truth and ultimate reality with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent each and every single Prophet of His. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al Hadid, A'udhu Billahi min Shaytanir Rajeem, Aqad Arsalna Rusulana Rusulana Bil Bayinat. وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْمِيزَانِ لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْطِ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ مَوْلَانَا الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمِ Says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that indeed we have commissioned and sent unto this world and unto humanity each and every messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ with a clear proof, a clear clarification of truth and of justice is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we revealed unto them, unto humanity through his prophets, Al-Kitab the book and the communique from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala each and every sacred scripture and revealed uh, religion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent Al-Kitab Wal-Mizan and in addition to the Kitab says Allah that every prophet of Allah Every single message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had commissioned unto humanity contained the element of al-mizan, justice, truth, and haqq. In order that mankind may conduct their affairs in accordance with that which is justice. Qist, in accordance with that which is fair. And so the eternal message the message which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent from the beginning of mankind and the messengers and emissaries which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduced them to until the final prophet, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was in that context, as Imam Mahdi had indicated, in the formation of Medinan society, with the formation of law, formation of the 
constitution of Al-Madinah and the establishment of society and the structures within society and giving due recognition to the diversity within that society. For indeed, when Islam found its new home in Al-Madinah, the believers were those whom had already pronounced and declared their faith. They were comprised of both the Muhajirun and the Ansar. As Imam had said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the uh, uh, conduct of our beloved Rasul sallallahu instituted certain mechanisms for social cohesion within that society between the Muhajirun and the Ansar. But besides them, they were also the Ahlul Kitab. And that Ahlul Kitab found their space, found their place within the constitution of Al-Madinah to pursue their aspirations and to pursue and to continue with their livelihoods and not only their livelihoods but also the continuation of their faith, their beliefs and their religion completely and perfectly protected under the constitution of Al-Madinah. Such truth and such justice. In addition to them, there was also the third constituent component of Medinan society, which really represented a great challenge to the young, to the young city, to the leader, the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. As we know right from the start, there were that fasila, that category of Medina society that were known as the munafiqun. From the very beginning of the Holy Quran, the Quran references those who outwardly proclaimed and portrayed themselves as Muslims and believers, but the Quran clearly demonstrates and declares that they were non-believers internally. The justice and the truth of Islam demanded that the Prophet ﷺ treated them on face value, treated them in accordance with their declarations, even though in the revelation there is clear indication to the contrary. In the fiqh and understanding of how we interact as human society, the Qur'an, the sunnah, the fiqh, the jurisprudence makes it clear that from the Islamic perspective, human beings, human beings are conducted and they are treated in accordance with that which they outwardly proclaim. So when they proclaim Islam, government, civil society, Religion will treat them in accordance with what they proclaim. And so this is what the missing ingredient of social cohesion within Islamic society today fails to bring to the table, fails to understand and appreciate that the Prophet ﷺ had similar challenges in his society. But the Prophet ﷺ maintained and retained law and order, decorum, respect and dignity within society in accordance with what people have proclaimed outwardly. And so there is, there is censure, there is even sanction for those uh, who portrayed Islam outwardly and then concealed their kufr inwardly, but such sanction and such censure is confined to the akhirah and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the in the quran 
proclaims time after time that on the day of judgment, and those things were in which you had your differences, you had your disputes, and you had your opinions which were at variance with one another. On the day of Qiyamah in Allah Ta'ala's court, it is repeated throughout the pages of the Holy Quran. Allah shall stand in judgment. Society on this earth, if human beings, on the basis of different opinions that they have with one another, will take the responsibility of Allah, will be as arrogant, will be as presumptuous, to assume the mantle of divinity, of hukum and judgment on this earth, will bring about chaos, will bring about lawlessness, and will bring about decline. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَاطِيعُوا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَ رِيحُكُمْ وَاصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ And so obey Allah and His Messenger. And do not fall into factionalism among yourself. As Imam Mahdi had referenced, those were the elements of the formation of the city of Al-Madinah. To fight off and ward off the possibility of the arising of factionalism, of the arising of which we hear of in the Muslim world so continuously, and the unfortunate situation of the resultant bloodshed, the resultant uh, attitudes of intolerance, the resultant attitudes of takfir, of declaring others as kafir, which then becomes the pretext for the other's blood to be regarded as permissible. This is not what uh, the justice, this is not what the balance, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-Mizan, anzala ma'ahum al-kitab, wal-Mizan, liyaquma al-nasu bil-qist. And this is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also referenced, as we know well, when he came into Al-Madinah, finding the Yahud, observing the day of Ashura in fasting. He asked them, and as we know, they responded that that was the day where in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought salvation and uh, 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 rescued the children of Bani Israel and their Prophet Nabi Musa from the clutches and the tyranny and oppression of Fir'aun. <coughs> That is indicative of the eternal, the eternal values of Tawheed that it will prevail. The eternal values of Haqq and justice that it will always prevail even after a time. The truth with which this deen is um, synonymous, truth and justice must always prevail. It will eventually always prevail. And therefore, when we then look at the essence of the preservation of truth, Tawheed and justice, it became the cause of celebration in the, in the justification or the rationale that the Yahud gave to the Prophet ﷺ as to why they're observing the fasting of Ashura. The Prophet ﷺ then responded and he says, We are more entitled to Musa than what you are. And he then observed the fasting himself, and he also commanded that the fasting be observed. This was before the advent of the fardiyah, or the uh, compulsion of the observ observance of the month of Ramadan in fasting. 
Thereafter, those who observed the fast, observed the fast of Ashura, and those who did not observe the fast of Ashura, did not observe the fast of Ashura. Before that, all the prophets, we believe and learned that all of them observed the fasting of Ashura. And so, when we observe and we also join in that sense of celebrating and commemorating the eternal triumph and victory of Tawheed and of justice and of truth, we assimilate that with the day of Ashura. And we should recommit ourselves and we should dedicate ourselves to those because those are the values of Islam. When we also find that from among our Ummah, we find 40 years after, 50 years after the demise of our beloved Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his own grandson was slaughtered on the battle, on the fields of Karbala. That was the grandson of our beloved Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That we also are afflicted by sorrow for the most beloved of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to have been mercilessly murdered on that day is of the requirements of faith. The Prophet ﷺ says, it is of your responsibility in rearing your children of the love of the Qur'an, of the love of Rasulullah, and of the love of the family of Rasulullah So when we celebrate and we commemorate the eternal values of truth, the eternal values of Tawheed, and the eternal values of justice, then we are on the Haqq, and that is Islam. And when we commemorate and are filled with a sense of grief and sorrow for the murder that took place on the plains of Karbala, when Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu an stood up in his pursuit of justice in preservation of those very same values that we celebrate of Ashura, to preserve the values of justice. To preserve and, 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 and commit himself even to sacrifice his life for the values of justice and truth. Then that is the same process. It is the same process that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala employs in his, in his creation for the values of justice and truth and tawheed to remain eternal. To remain ever pre pre prevailing on this earth. And therefore, when we are sad for the killing of Sayyidina Hussein, that is out of our love for the grandson of our beloved Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It does not behove a single mu'min to not shed a tear when thinking about the treachery and we all know and we should learn more about the context of the killing of Sayyidina Hussein. That is out of our love, which is part of our faith that the Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi has demanded that we have love for the family of our beloved Rasul. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And there's no contradiction in that. There's no contradiction in that. And so we pray that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala preserve the Muslim community. That we're able to draw from all our sources. That we're able to draw from our understanding. That will allow us that we do not replicate and continue with the errors and the, and the, 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 the mistakes that are being committed in the Muslim world. That has brought about the extent of the mayhem the extent of the killing and the mercilessness and, and, and the injustice that is sometimes perpetrated 
in the name of Islam. Allah to protect us all. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.